In this episode, we discuss how to manage dialogic-based projects. Specifically, you will learn of five key strategies that you can use to more successfully manage any dialogic-driven change effort. Welcome to another episode of All Things OD, where I'm here to help you offer more, be more, and live more. Whether you're serving as an OD practitioner, change management professional, or business transformation consultant. I'm your host, Randall Scott, and it's great to be with you here today. As mentioned in today's episode, we're going to discuss what dialogic-based projects are, how we define them. We'll discuss the key differences between dialogic-based change projects and more traditional projects. And we'll also discuss the five key strategies that you can use beginning today to increase your success rate when leading such change. Now, before we begin, I want to offer you a free resource that complements our discussion today, and that is a free copy of our ebook on Hybrid OD, The Emerging Future of Organization Development. If you've ever been curious about the integrative power of leveraging both diagnostic and dialogic forms of OD in your work, then this ebook is for you. You can obtain the free ebook at henosispartners.com slash hybridod, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below. All right, let's jump in. All right, so we begin by defining what are dialogic-based change projects. And dialogic-based change projects are projects whereby the principal method or technique used to initiate and realize transformative change is dialogue, and the types of problems or challenges addressed are of the complex adaptive variety. All right, with that brief definition of what dialogic-based change projects are, let's understand the difference between those types of projects and traditional change projects. We begin by looking at the profile of a dialogic-based change project. And dialogic-based change projects are typically organic, bottom-up, inquiry-based, and participatory type of efforts. And the role of the OD change leader is to both host and facilitate the change. To say it differently, they're embedded within the change effort itself. And with such change efforts, we involve engaging the system and assembling a diverse group of key stakeholders to create a shared understanding of the current day issues and how best to solve them. We can characterize dialogic-based change efforts as emergent efforts or socially constructed change where the key lever is changing one's thinking. And change is initiated in a self-organized, self-managed, follow-the-energy way. Such change efforts usually result in very high energy, commitment, and engagement from all involved. And lastly, we can characterize dialogic-based change projects as projects where the change occurs iteratively over time. Now, in contrast to dialogic-based change projects, traditional change projects are typically top-down driven, planned, and expert-led efforts. And the role of the OD change leader with these change projects is to define the changes. That is, they are largely divorced from them. And change results from conducting a diagnostic study relative to an ideal or standard, and then executing an unfreeze-freeze-refreeze sequence where the key lever of change is changing one's behavior. With traditional change projects, 
There is some engagement of leadership and staff, but the effort mostly pivots around the OD change practitioner performing a diagnostic study and then offering recommendations or interventions on how to improve performance. Such efforts often result in mediocre support and engagement, leading to long-term fails. We can also characterize traditional change projects as a Big Bang change type of effort, where there's an attempt to address change in one wave or reprogramming activity. So as you can see, there are pretty significant differences between dialogic-based change projects and more traditional change projects. Next, we look at the five key strategies that you can use beginning today to increase your success rate when leading dialogic-based change. All right, so the first key strategy that you can use to increase your success when leading dialogic-based change is to contract differently with leadership. So when leading dialogic-based change, it will require you to have different conversations with the leadership or the key sponsors that you're working with to bring about change. The first thing that you'll need to educate them on is that value is emergent, that there's a need for leadership to exercise patient and restraint to allow change to emerge naturally in its own way across the corporate space and time. You'll need to educate leadership to hold loosely to expecting and demanding that certain results ensue as it is not possible to precisely pre-plan, forecast, or otherwise predict what specific outcomes will emerge. Further, you'll need to explain that self-organization and self-management of innovation teams is the best way to ensure effective engagement and commitment from all staff to achieve hoped-for goals. You will need to explain the need to experiment our way forward, as with dialogic-based change and addressing complex adaptive challenges, we can only see 20 feet ahead of ourselves at any given moment. It's the equivalent to driving a car in the fog. And lastly, and maybe perhaps most importantly, we need to have leadership understand or adopt a safe-to-fail mindset, that no retribution or punitive action can emerge for experimental results that fail to produce hope-for outcomes. A second key strategy that you can use to increase your success when leading dialogic-based change is to measure differently. There's a need to measure success, that is our progress with moving in a desired direction of travel, differently. Leveraging the dialogic-based method represents an indirect way to bring about transformational change, and so we need to measure in that way. So, for example, one way that we may measure is the number of experiments or probes that we have planned versus in progress versus that we've completed. Another way to measure indirectly the extent to which transformational change is occurring is to measure whether there's a greater awareness of the whole of the system from those participating in the change effort. So, for example, is there greater confidence in ability of both leadership and innovation teams to solve complex adaptive challenges? Additionally, we may measure the extent to which there's greater understanding of one's role in creating current condition. That is, in having individuals understand that the current condition is both a function of 
what's happening in the system that is out there, but also what's happening because of our own efforts, which we refer to as more of in here. Another way to measure is whether there is real learning occurring in people. And we can measure by monitoring, for example, the extent to which there are altered mindsets, changed assumptions, values, beliefs, and or expectations. We could measure if there's increased self-reflection or self-awareness of one's thinking and acting. And we could measure whether there's a tamping down or suspension of one's limiting beliefs or cognitive biases amongst leadership and staff alike. Yet another way that we can measure in an indirect way is whether there's greater vitality, that is, a greater vigor, aliveness, and energy that's being demonstrated from those participating in the change effort. We could measure, for example, whether new narratives and generative images are taking hold in the organization, the extent to which future-focused, possibility-centric stories are being shared, discussed, and embellished. We could measure whether there's greater leadership support, that is, whether there's greater enthusiasm for leveraging emergent, dialogic-based methods and approaches to solve the organization's intractable challenges. We could measure whether there's increased trust amongst and between leadership and staff. So, for example, we could measure whether there's reduced conflict in organizational friction when introducing change. We could measure whether there are new patterns of behavior, such as increased creativity, new innovations, alliance building, self-reflection, pattern spotting, and information exchange and sharing. And lastly, we could measure whether relationships and connections have been established, deepened, or restored. Whether there's better collaboration amongst and between people and functions. So all of these examples reflect different indirect ways that we can measure bringing about transformational change, leveraging the dialogic-based method. A third strategy that you can use to increase your success when leading dialogic-based change is to get leaders to lead differently. And there are two aspects of what this means. One has to do with the leadership persona, and the other one has to do with leading a portfolio of self-managed change efforts. Let's understand first what the leadership persona looks like. To succeed with leading dialogic-based change, it's important that we get leaders to understand the need to serve others, that is to adopt a servant mentality and sensibility. There's also a need for leaders to relinquish control or the need for it and allow teams to self-organize and self-manage in their own way. We need leaders who are slow to speak, who practice active listening. One key role of leadership within organizations when leveraging the dialogic-based method is to have leaders understand that part of their role is to serve as integrator-in-chief, that is, to help individuals and innovation teams connect the dots across various self-organized initiatives. Another aspect of the dialogic-based leader's persona is an emphasis on helping others learn as opposed to telling people what to do. And getting leaders to exhibit a servant mentality, to relinquish control, to actively listen to others and connect the dots across various initiatives and emphasize helping others learn what we're effectively asking of leaders within organizations is to adopt a new identity for oneself. To the extent that the leadership that you work with in your organization, when bringing about dialogic-based change, reflects this persona, will determine the success you can have 
when leading such change. Now, in addition to a leadership reflecting this type of persona, we also need them to serve or participate in different roles when managing a portfolio of self-initiated, self-managed change initiatives. And there are three specific actions or ways of being that we need from our organizational leaders. The first action or way of being is to nurture projects. And the leadership can do this by asking, probing, and inquiry-based questions to check status to see if there's any obstacles or blockers to moving forward. And as they do this, they maintain a positive demeanor with a deep appreciation of the team's efforts. And to nurture projects means that the leadership is providing continued support to deepen team learning and insight generation. Now, another action or way of being for leadership is to amplify efforts. And this is where we rely on our leaders to help identify other teams or areas of the business to ripple out an idea or an innovation that could serve the broader enterprise. We ask of our leaders to provide continued resource support to amplify the value delivery. And lastly, there will be instances where we need our leaders to serve in more of a compassionate disband type of role or way of being. And when a leader and a team decides to disband a project, the actions of the leader at this point is to celebrate the effort for the learnings and the insights that the effort produced. And then later helping to reallocate staff and resources to other more promising strategic options. So in summary then, for a leader to adopt this persona and these ways of being, it offers us a blueprint of sorts to help leaders lead in a dialogic way. A fourth strategy that you can use to increase your success when leading dialogic-based change is to execute change differently. As mentioned earlier, when leading dialogic-based change, value is emergent, and so there's a need to approach execution with an iterative mindset, especially since we can only see 20 feet ahead of ourselves at any given moment. And so we approach with an experiment-our-way-forward type of mentality. And to do this, we can leverage the Agile Scrum framework to deliver value every two to four weeks in pre-planned sprints. Additionally, we can leverage the hybrid OD model and the Perl framework to help deliver such value. As mentioned from the onset, you can download a free ebook on hybrid OD by going to henosispartners.com slash hybrid OD, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below. Another way that we execute change differently is to identify strategic options in a dialogic-based way to begin experimenting with. And we do this by leveraging dialogic-based participatory events, also known as innovation sequences, to bring key stakeholders together from across the system to ideate and self-organize on what to do. Another way that we execute change differently is to implement a learn-in-the-flow-of-work model. And with this model, we identify practice fields of opportunity for individuals to role model the new. This is effectively about developing and embedding new habits of seeing, thinking, acting, and feeling as we experiment our way forward. To quote MLK, we act our way into the change that we want to see.
and a fifth strategy that you can use to increase your success rate when leading dialogic-based change is to coach differently. One way that we need to coach differently is to manage the administrative to adaptive interface. And so the way that this manifests is that we coach leaders on how to lead differently, the mindset and behavior shifts that are needed to nurture and support change. It requires us as OD change leaders to maintain or possess an always-on expectations management sensibility, as old leadership habits are hard to break. It requires us to serve as a liaison between leadership and innovation teams and to remove and clear obstacles for innovation teams to proceed and ultimately succeed. And lastly, it requires us establishing different enabling mechanisms like project forums to provide status updates within a context, a spirit of inquiry, an emphasis on deepening learning versus achieving a specific outcome or result by a certain date. So with attribution to Mary Olbein and her article, Complexity Leadership Theory, Shifting Leadership from the Industrial Age to the Knowledge Era, these represent different manifestations on what it means to manage the administrative to adaptive interface. Another way that we need to coach differently is to manage the innovation to organization interface. This manifests as us as OD and change leaders to provide team coaching on the following topics. The iterative method, providing training, for example, on the Agile Scrum framework and use of the hybrid OD model and Perl framework. It reflects providing coaching on a team effectiveness model, such as that within the book The Skilled Facilitator by Roger Schwartz. Managing the innovation to organization interface also means that we're providing coaching on the design of experiments, including the use of an experimental record sheet to define weekly learning goals and then use of a reflective learning journal to capture and reflect learnings along the way. We also provide coaching on how to ripple out, or that is to scale change, to other teams and areas of the business who can benefit from a local team's innovation. And lastly, we need to provide coaching on what it means to implement a learn-in-the-flow-of-work model, that is to help individuals identify opportunities to role model the new, to develop and embed new habits of behavior. So to coach differently, it means that we need to manage the administrative to adaptive interface, and it also means that we need to manage the innovation to organization interface. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found the content in this episode helpful. Please share your comments below, and if you like this video, hit the subscribe button and click the bell to get notified of all future weekly episodes. Also, don't forget to get your free resource. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below, or you can visit henosispartners.com hybridod. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.